I literally started doing this. was like, how much TV can you possibly watch, right? So I would do like one project a week. I was like, at least I would be learning a new skill. If I didn't work with certain colors or styles before, let me try to do something new with this one. But um, you're opening yourself up to the world at that point, right? And you have to be comfortable enough to get the negative with the good. What kinds of cardboard box? What's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? It loses its value if you take it out of the package. Hey, Pedio Crew, it's Avelio Matos on Package Design Unbox. I'm super stoked to bring you Gene Portnoy of Working Company. He is a hired gun that's working with killer agencies, large brands on all these top secret projects. But what we can talk about is some of Gene's fun projects. Now, he talks about how he stretches his creative feelers and puts them out there and he designs brands and packaging for fun and how those have actually landed him new clients. What's crazy is that he's even sold some of those brands that he's developed for fun to companies that want to slide right into these designs. So there's three things that you're going to get from this episode. Number one, how sharing the work that you design for fun can actually create unexpected new opportunities. We're going to get into how that drives new clients, how, you know, different opportunities that he's had and how that relates to you. Number two, how you can be the designer that you want to be. There's many types of designers out there. There's many styles and just as many niches. You don't have to fit into any one of those. You can actually choose to work on your own terms and build a portfolio that you want to represent you. Number three, allow yourself to get lost in the work. Take that extra time to explore and play because you never know the type of gold that you're going to find when you push the design further and beyond your own comfort zones. We get into how Gene has pushed himself beyond his comfort zone in type and color and the results that he's gotten. And these are things that you can achieve as well. And you can definitely learn a lot from this conversation. So if you're interested in packaging design, you've got to know Gene Portnoy. All right, so let's get to know Gene. And let's get to the show. We're recording. We're ready to go. What's your 30-second introduction, Gene? Hi, I'm Gene Portnoy, and uh, I'm a designer. been doing package and brand design for 20-plus years, uh, primarily in mass market and uh, working with big brands. Most of my career has been freelance, except for a few full-time jobs that I had taken across the years, interesting projects, though. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just uh, love doing it. So are you a packaging designer? I think that's my what people would consider my specialty. I consider just branding overall. Currently, I started working with a lot of a lot more smaller brands along with studios that I still do work for, but I've been trying to land my own clients. And, you know, they need a lot more parts, pieces to the puzzle. So, you know, doing looks and feels web design, their web design, uh, brochures, booklets, uh, along with packaging, obviously. When I first started in design, um, after graduating from a portfolio center, I um, was specializing specifically in corporate identity and somehow just fell into doing packaging and became a passion. Your website, uh, Working Company, yeah. it's got two sections. There's more sections, but there's two sections. You've got play and then you've got work. Yes. Work is obviously the work that you've done for clients. And then there's play, which is packaging you've done for yourself. Why is your work section password protected? The work that I've done for clients has been for other design firms. So, mm -hmm. you know, technically they're their clients. Specifically, I do end up signing uh, non-compete clauses and, you know, and those contracts can get pretty interesting. Uh, and I prefer not to deal with uh, lawyers. Yeah. Um, and also, I kind of just give respect for the company bringing in their own business. I mean... You know, at the same time, you know, they hire me. They're, the design firm is my client. You know, the project is my client ultimately. At this point, 50% of my business is still working with the big design firms out there. And, um, you know, I just want to give them the respect that they deserve. If they want me to allow me to share, I share it when I can. Um, but I'm trying to share my play stuff more, you know, because, you know, I've got 20 plus years of experience, you know. My own personal concepts, whether they're real or not, shouldn't be, uh, you know, shouldn't be an issue. It's the way I approach that that should be important. And some of the work in the play section is actually now real because there are companies that are uh, occasionally, you know, end up buying some of those brands from wow. which has been interest, an interesting process as well. That's awesome, man. So like looking at your work section, because I think a lot of designers out there, myself included, right, you sign NDAs. 
you've got all of this paperwork everywhere and you're kind of like, I don't want to share it because I don't want to get into trouble. Um, plus, you've got, you also want to respect the client. Are they afraid that you're going to start getting work because of it or does it dilute their um, brand? Like, how does that? I think it's too prong. I think, you know, the, the brands that I work on are massive brands, uh, sure. typically for the big firms. And they have, the, the design firms themselves have clauses with certain clients. Uh, say, was, you know, Pepsi brands, I know definitely, um, you know, they don't like sharing work. Pepsi likes to share their own work because they end up taking a lot of that stuff in-house mm-hmm. and doing adjustments and edits along the way that's respectable i mean i think it's just it's easier just not to think about you know <laughs> I, I haven't had to you know up until covid i've had had to share my work with anybody for a long time the packaging design industry is so small <laughs> compared to other industries right that um you know you kind of end up knowing people from all over the country and working together because i've worked in cincinnati i've worked in you know chicago uh, New York. I've, you know, I lived in Cincinnati two times for projects out there. Mm-hmm. You know, like why even get it? You know, there's enough work to go around. You know? Yeah. So I always think it's interesting because sometimes you know young designers will be will get upset at this at the NDA. They don't understand how how it works. Yeah, I think it depends also what level you're at, right? Yeah. Because you know, as much as I would love to share some of those projects, because some of them are really amazing. Yeah. You know, but they're part of a huge team. It's not just me right. working on them as well. So, you know, then trying to figure out you know, who's going to get upset by you showing it and having those conversations. Some of the designers, they need that, those portfolio pieces for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I choose not to show it um, online publicly. Um, if somebody asks for my portfolio and my history, um, that's usually specifically design firms sure. that would ask for something like that. Then I, you know, I give them the password and I, and I share that with them. You know? Okay. Cool. But um, you know, I give everybody the credit they deserve. So sometimes, sometimes if there are, if there's maybe one or two projects in my portfolio that I specifically just directed, I will talk about that project and who specifically mm-hmm. who designed it as opposed to who directed it. As opposed to me saying that's my piece of work, so I'm, I'm extremely transparent. That honestly. just in keeping with the this transparency, I've heard designers that will charge differently for work that they can't show versus work that they can. I've never heard of that before. Uh, that's an interesting. <laughs> you know, I tr- I try to keep my rate um, relatively on par with other freelancers that are out there because uh, I like to keep as busy as possible. And there, are, there are designers that I talk to about rates and stuff, and you know they feel more com- comfortable having higher rates and working less. Yeah. I try to keep mine in the middle, so I'm as busy as possible because I just like to work. It's not even about the money for me, yeah. Because you know, the money comes, you know, it's it's an hour, you know, hourly rate or day rate that you end up doing with the company. So I don't think it's that big of a difference, really. It's it's to the point where when you become a designer that your level of speed and the way you approach a project uh, kind of lowers the amount of money that you make then you kind of start averaging that off a little bit. But I would never charge extra for not being able to show. I would just ask before I did it. So how do you price your work? When you're working with agencies, is it based on an hourly, like you just said? You know, Obviously, the, the more experience you have, the faster you work. So yeah. that kind of bites so, you. Yeah, sorry for no, no, no. Yeah. So I, I, I prefer doing hourly the old school way. Mm-hmm. When I jump on a project, I 100% concentrate on that project. I don't double book. I don't do two hours here, three hours there. So I yeah. typically do an eight-hour minimum uh, with a 24-hour cancellation at this point. Uh, that way, if I'm booked on the day that the, there's a cancellation, even though I, you know, even though I have to sit there parked, right. um, that's really not. Has, doesn't have anything to do with me. It's you know typically based on the scheduling, and they're parking me to hold my hours so I can work on those projects. So it seems to work out the best. Um, you know, a lot of companies are trying to get two hours, three hours there. I don't think it works yeah. that way. The creative process never really functions that yeah. way. Hey, you, like, you, yes. you don't just flip a switch. You know, it's not like okay, two hours. I'm right. here. I start and then I'm done. Yeah. 
and also it's like if they you know they ask some you know somebody like me or other designers that I know like well we just want two options or three options and I'm like <laughs> oh at, at the third one I'm just getting started you know I'm just trying to figure out the truth of it yeah um, and she's like kind of like my approach is like I, I try to give up you know to a certain degree I'd like to be able to be the designer that can put together the whole entire presentation whether you know whether it's for my client or you know, they're kind of, I can't do everything, obviously, but I'd like to ex- do the full exploratory. Um, so yeah, minimum eight hours, uh, hourly rate. Recently, been on a, booked for a three month rebranding project of a big company, and uh, that was great. And I sometimes lower my rates for something like that sure. because it's more consistent. But uh, typically, it's on par with everybody else. Yeah, it's funny because like you mentioned, wanting to do all of it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had I've had projects where you know, you know, I'm hired on just to do structure. So all I do is like structural design and concept development, and you start coming up with a with a structural concept. You're like, man, you know what would be awesome is like if the if they applied like this type of image on this panel. You know, it starts sketching it in there, and you're like, oh, you know, your logo could be, you know, like this is where I would see it first, and here's what I would see second. And you start going down that road, and yeah, it takes a, more, a little bit more time. You're delivering like a 360 degree view of of your idea. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, you definitely get the clients. I I feel like the clients that I work with um, definitely get their money's worth for sure. Yeah. Um, because on top of that, you know, just even after I came, you know, I graduated from school, which was years ago. I always kind of um, looked at designers. You have to kind of do everything that your creative director or your client asks of you, right? And then I would always put in the extra hours for myself that if I wasn't given those hours to work on, I'm going to pursue and trying to figure out, you know, the craft of it. Because of the craft of it, I want to be able to figure it out on my own. So, you know, I woke up today at, you know, 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. One, for one reason, you know, we were having this interview. But also because, you know, I just had some ideas that I needed to get down. Am I going to charge the client? Probably I should. But ultimately, you know, I just wanted to do a, you know, a, a broader, you know, kind of look at the designs that I'm, you know, looking at, more color options, possibly a new logo, and maybe things that they haven't asked for. But I just wanted to pursue it and give them those options. And that, you know, comes with experience as well. And I've been telling younger designers to do the same thing. All know? right. So, so let's say um, you were at the end of your hours. Yeah. Yesterday, but you woke up this morning and you wanted to explore maybe a new logo and you spend, you know, five hours knocking out a new logo gratis. Yeah. And then they use that logo. Yeah. As you may know, I recently won a silver pen award for designing the future of sustainable luxury e-commerce packaging. What you might not know is who manufactured that beautiful box. It was idpdirect.com. And the reason I partnered with them is that they are factory direct. They own their factories and they don't sell through distributors. It was like working directly with the pressman on the line and they are experts in sustainability. So it was a great resource for designing sustainable packaging, whether it was rigid boxes, e-commerce boxes, shopping bags, you name it, they do it. Check them out, idpdirect.com. Hey, PDU crew, I want you to go to diecuttemplates.com slash unboxed, U-N-B-O-X-D right now. And the reason is because I know how difficult it is to create die lines, how time consuming it is to do it in Illustrator. And if you don't have tens of thousands of dollars to be using other programs and all you want to do is get to the packaging design, diecuttemplates.com slash unboxed is the right solution. Over 700 die lines, type in your dimensions, your material weight. If you want to add locks, if you want to add windows, any type of construction you're looking for, they've got it and you can customize it to your needs. Check out diecuttemplates.com slash unboxed, U-N-B-O-X-D, and let me know what you think. Knocking out a new logo gratis. Yeah. And then they use that logo. Yeah. I know it's wrong. What happens there? <laughs> I know a lot of designers are going to get pissed at me, but yeah, I care more about the work than I do about what every you know what people think of. Sure. No, I, I love I love that. So that leads me to spec work. What's your thought on spec work? I do not do spec. Isn't I that think, isn't that what's the difference there? Well, um, if a client hires me for a certain amount of hours, yeah, and I feel like I haven't figured out the solution within that framework, I feel like I still owe them something, or at sure. least owe myself something to deliver. To the, to the level that I've set for myself. Now, you know, 
if it's less hours, I'm still charging, right? Mm -hmm. Because my minimum is eight hours a day. Yeah. So it should work the other way around from my perspective, right? So if somebody books me for eight hours and I did a project in three hours, right? Well, for a day and I did a project in yeah. three hours in a day. I still have to. I still charge them for that eight hour a minimum. Right. Uh, sometimes I need extra hours, and I before I jump into something like that, I do end up asking them if they don't have them for me. Yeah, I'm giving away the secret, but I probably <laughs> will do it. Not always, not right. always, but occasionally when I feel like I, I haven't dived deep enough into the brand. So, okay, it's a personal thing. I, I feel like you know maybe other people do as well. Probably not. I don't know. I, I, I think everybody kind of has like this mindset of um, like, this is the way it's supposed to be. When right. you get down to it and you get, and you get into the work, there's no stopping, you know, there's no, Oh, mm. you know, time, you know, it's not like the Flintstones, right. Where he checks out and he like slides down the brontosaurus and he's out. It's like, no, you're, you're in the groove and it feels so good to be in that groove. Oh, I get such a high. <laughs> you I don't want to so get out. And yeah. um, you know, uh, my family always, like my parents know that not to call me during the week when I'm working. Just know, if I'm in a, I'm in a zone, I'm probably not going to be the person to have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> which is, you know, which I wanted to have a little bit of a buffer before I spoke. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I, I just get focused. You get hyper-focused and you get into, you know, into the design of it. Um, the other thing is, like, if I'm not working, I'm also not the nicest person to be about. Because... <laughs> I get, I gain all my endorphins are coming from doing design, which is one of the reasons that I started doing uh, my personal projects. I didn't even have an online portfolio until COVID started. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about your play section, right? Because then you've also yeah. got this play section on your site, which is the work is amazing. Thank you. And honestly, having looked at the, the play section and the work section, I almost feel like the play section is better. Right. Which is weird because you're getting paid for the work section, but. There's a well, difference between play and work. Well, here's the thing. Um, the work section has a lot of hands-on. It right. has a lot of um, people. There's a lot of money behind it, right? So there's decision makers that go all the way up to the top at some point, uh, depending on the company. And, um, you know, they, they have to worry about eye tracking and finding and costs and prices and colors and how people react. You know, my play section is just based on my experience of, you know, for the past 20 years, I approach those projects from that mindset, but I do not put anywhere close to the time I put in sure. to the real, the real projects. Uh, the play sections, I, I mean, like, I, the, one of the last ones I did was called um, Shooker's Beer. So a lot of these brands that I came up with are for my own packs. They just give me a jumping point. So Shooker's Beer literally was the bakery that was around the corner from where I currently live. I, my, my best friend's family owned it. I, I worked there as a kid. And actually, <laughs> um, this Milan Schwartz, which just kind of signed up with me to possibly pitch new business or start with startups. He's the nephew of the owners <laughs> of that company. So... You know, all of those brands are very close to home. And I can talk to all of them. My son is based <laughs> on one. Uh, uh, Milk by Cereal, because he's a cereal killer. I just kind of woke <laughs> up and I just designed it. And it's based, based on him. Every one of them, there's a connection to somebody or something uh, from my past. It was almost like a biography, an autobiography put out there free packaging. I know it's insane. It's crazy. The work is amazing and it spans so many different styles. So talk to me about style and your process. So stylistically, I don't come out to the design industry with any arts uh, background at all. I, I, when I first started school, I was going to school for physical therapy. <laughs> and, the, and it was a community college in, in Brooklyn called Kingsborough. And in the lunchroom, you would meet up and there'd be a bunch of friends. And nightclub scene was huge. And I started, my, my dad had a program called Corel Draw back in the day. <laughs> and, um, you know, somebody needed a pass for a design for a nightclub or a business card as a promo. And I started doing those. And I came out with my own T-shirt on uh, that was selling all over the city. And they're like $45 a shirt. <laughs> and then I ended up selling that company once I realized, wow, this is a real business. 
And uh, went to FIT uh, at night while I was freelancing during the day because nobody knew the computer back then. So luckily, I had already knew it. Right. Back then, it was even Adobe Illustrator. It was like Aldous or something. <laughs> you know, I knew how to do paste up as well because my cousin was in the print production uh, business at that time. So I kind of was kind of well-rounded, but without any design school backing. And, you know, so I was going to FIT and working at the same time. But stylistically, I just went to the library every day. FIT has the most amazing artist uh, library from fashion to design to everything else. And I would just sit there while before the class or in between classes and just rifle through Paul Rand books and, you know, Stefan Geismir and like all these like, you know, designers that kind of influenced me. And every project I worked on, I was kind of fixated on trying to uh, emulate their style. Um, so I kind of became like a designer. I feel like almost like Bruce Lee said one time, uh, <laughs> you know, fight with no, like a style without style. So um, kind of always just approach things from a consumer's perspective. What's the right answer? What's the truth in the brand? You know, I'm, I'm basically more of an esthetician of you know, like, you know, figuring out the right colors. And, you know, mm-hmm. the songs are relatively, you know, after doing it for 20 plus years, it's like, it's relatively simple. It's just, you know, the design it's process itself it's just like computer is a tool it's the thinking behind it it's the thought um the experience that you have right that makes it takes it to, to that extra mile so yeah i mean if i just scroll through quickly the play section i mean the one thing that does stand out is the color yeah i mean you do amazing work with color but then second to the color is the typography there's a story behind it what, tell me about this typography because it's not, you know, I mean, pretty much everything here has been either uh, is either hand type or custom. Uh, customized. Um, a lot of mm-hmm. type I find out on Shutter that's been hand done mm-hmm. and I customize it to that next level. I would sometimes I do my own hand drawn type, uh, but you know, I've designed fonts before as just yeah. for fun as well. <laughs> um, but there's a story. One of the things I really wanted to work on was doing type that, that was under out of my comfort zone. I was more traditional kind of Swiss before. Like very, like if you look at my mm-hmm. work that's been produced, it's a little bit more simpler. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot cleaner elements because there's a clarity for big brands that you need um, on shelf. But I just took the opportunity of a lot of these projects were, how do I get out of my comfort zone? Mm-hmm. How do I do... Like, I'm not an illustrator. How do I get more illustration, like work with more illustrations instead of photography? Because more of the work that I have been doing is more like retouching and photo editing and doing color stuff, Um, working with more illustrations. Because you have to start learning the vernacular to be able to work with illustrators more often. Because especially illustrators, they're, you know, unless you give them exactly what you want, you will never get the results um, that you're looking for. So. Yeah, it's not like the old days, right? Where you would look through the gigantic workbook and flag all the illustrators that you wanted to work with and pick up the phone. And... Yeah, it's a little bit different. Yeah. You know, it's like those books are not even exist. I used to have no. like libraries <laughs> full of them. You know, photographers in them. Yeah. You know, you'd think it would be easier now. It's more difficult because there's so many more illustrators, so many more photographers. Everybody's an illustrator, photographer. You go on Behance, and it, you're, yeah. you're, it opens you up to the world. Now, do you want to like? work with somebody that doesn't speak English because the translation programs, you know, they don't translate very well. So you yeah, can't they, don't, they, don't tra- they don't translate nuance for sure. Yeah, the nuance. So yeah. um, one of the things I wanted to do was uh, when I give something to an illustrator, by the time I hand it over, just like when I hand over photography styles, style books or style sheets, they know the, the language that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. So and I end up working with a handful of illustrators that I've worked for that, throughout the years they have a wide range of styles and then find somebody specific if I can't get them to do it. But by the time I hand over a project, they know exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah. So I'm not asking them to copy. I definitely want the creative process uh, to come out uh, from them as well. But yeah, I feel like at this point, it's more about learning how to direct more than it is about learning about design. Cause I feel like I've done that for a long time. I put in my, what is it, the hundred thousand hours? <laughs> I probably could <laughs> double or triple that. 
especially in the last few, two or three years. Yeah. I mean, the amount of work that's come out in the last couple of years for me is insane. But it's funny because like, again, looking at the work and then looking at the play section, startup brands, right, that are reaching out to packaging designers, like they browse through like Pinterest and Beyonce and they see all this beautiful packaging, right? They see all this amazing work. I don't know. It's like they draw inspiration from that and they come to you and they're like, this is what I want. But is packaging really about beauty or is it about sales? I think it's about connections, actually. The beauty, the sales, you know, the sales will come ultimately from repetition and learning that you have on shelf. That's why, I mean, a lot of times the package will come up on shelf and then it'll be adjusted and, you know, Mm -hmm. because they'll get some learning as it goes. You know, testing only takes you so far because those people are asked very specific questions, usually not the right questions, uh, but they do get you to a certain point. Eye tracking, you know, Procter & Gamble, I, I know, does a lot of eye tracking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so does Kim. Like, I, I know companies like Kimberly Clark have like studios where you can go through, like walk through a virtual room, like supermarket, and they'll time you how long it takes to get your package and what you're looking for. And they, yeah. they, they get down to the, the numbers. Those numbers. It's <laughs> like you get these designs back. And like the design's sold, but make this bigger, 30%, <laughs> make this smaller. I'm like, is that, I don't know, okay, fine, that's the client's right. call. Um, ultimately, it's the brand connection that, you, you know, the truth in the brand. And if you can find that and get that connection with the, comp- you know, the, the consumer, then you've got a, 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 a brand that gives you the numbers that you're looking for because, you know, it matches their style, it matches their personality, it matches their kids' personality, depending on, you know, how they're feeling emotionally at that time, what their needs are. You know, getting Tylenol between buying Tylenol for a headache medicine or Excedrin, you know, at this point, it's just speed. Excedrin might have caffeine. Like, <laughs> I need that caffeine because it's, it's that there, there are emotional connections uh, there that people, you know, associate with brands and they, they buy them based on that. All right. So you've mentioned this a couple of times. You talk about the truth in the brand. What in layman's terms, <laughs> what is this truth that we're after? I think a lot of designers probably do it the same way. I just put that word, I associate that word as part of my process. As you know, as you go, when we started this conversation, we talked about doing three options sometimes just doesn't cut it because there's learning (laughs) that you have. And that learning is sometimes that truth. So as you start progressing and start figuring out this brand, whether it's the colors that you're doing or the different fonts that you're using or the photography or that connection if there's a photograph of a person or a dog and how the dog is looking at you, is the dog looking at its lips? Is it, is it, you know, looking at you like being needy as opposed to being hungry? Like there's all these different connections that people associate with when they're looking at a pack on shelves. Um, and those truths add up, right? So when you can get all those kind of truths kind of connected together, then I think you have like a really beautiful package. Um, and then the craft comes in. Then you try to figure out how to style it to make it look presentable and beautiful and smart, whether, you know, and then depending on what price it is, then you kind of design it to be, you know, more upscale or downscale. You know, there's a lot of products out there that are selling the same exact thing in a mm-hmm. box that just have a different brand on it, especially dog food. <laughs> Uh, I'm just gonna lose all my dog food. <laughs> but it's well, true. You know, there's only like maybe five manufacturers in America that make actually dog food. The rest are in, you know, China or some, you know, or in Europe. But um, you know, that's pretty wild, right? And that's where you realize that the brand is how important branding is, how important your consumer base and what they're thinking and what their lifestyles are. All right. So somebody listening out there, right? They're starting up a new brand. They reach out to you. You know, they, they call you and say, hey, I'm launching a new hard cider. Because right? everybody's launching some kind of hard something. Yeah. It's direct to consumer. They're launching it in 10 months, so like October. And then after that, their goal is going to be to go to retail. And of course, they're going to mention that they're VC backed and uh, they're <laughs> ready to hit the ground running with you. What's the process? Like, what's your first question? Um, well, first, I want them to give me their 30-second, mm-hmm. 30 three-minute speech. Yep. You know, because they've worked hard on that, right? So... This is what we're about, this is what we're thinking. This is what we're and then um, then I have a normal conversation with them. Like, where are you guys really coming from? What what leads you? If it's a startup, especially, there's also emotional connections to it. There are stories behind it. Whether they're 
talking about it or not, you want to get that story because that helps you to a certain degree get to that song, that truth. Um, I recently, uh, this week, did talk to a startup, but they don't have they don't have any money. Uh, you know, they're they're just about to like hit Fiverr, and I was so connected with them, mm-hmm. like, and I just offered to do almost anything to help them. I offered to fix their logo that they currently have. I offered to help them sit in on reviews if they do end up hiring somebody else. Maybe I'm not right, even if I don't take the project or if they don't give it to me at the price I kind of said that I would do it for. Because it might just be a weekend project for me, another passion project. Um, but, I, you know, there's just like, there are three, there are three or four partners that are cyclists and they're coming out with a coffee product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, a, a, a coffee from Colombia that's being imported. And I just like, first of all, I would love to do my, you know, work on a coffee product, a, a coffee brand. And these guys are, you know, they're cyclists. They're trying to do a movement. Ten percent of their, you know, earnings is going to go towards getting, you know, people moving again, going, getting outside, maybe getting bikes for kids, mm-hmm. and setting up some sort of programs. And they don't have a lot of followers yet, and I just got emotional just sitting there, you know, talking to them, and um, I hope. I hope that they uh, end up deciding to let me help them, even if it's not me doing the design, just sitting in and doing reviews of, of the other designers. I definitely can make a project better by, I feel, by giving critiques and helping them give directions to their designers, but they don't know how. Sure. They don't have that experience. Yeah, of course. And I've had a few different agencies on, on the podcast where they're taking a portion of the brand, right? So they're taking a percentage ownership. Yeah. That's a hard one, right? Is it? Because when you're starting out, like, what is that really? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm open to other possibilities. Like, they're going to have a store. And I talked to them possibly of doing merch on their store, my own merch on their store mm-hmm. as well. So to a certain degree, I would still be paying them their percentage. Right. And they would be saving that money to possibly for future projects as well. Right? So it's a continuous connection. I don't want to own a piece of them unless they wanted to give me a piece and felt like, you know, Gene, you're, you're an integral part, you know, mm-hmm. of our brand and we want to keep this relationship going. And, you know, that's a hundred percent would be up to them. I don't want to take a piece of the company. That's re- that's really cool, man. And I got, you know, it's funny because I, I go to your website. Yeah, read the about page. You your, sen- your sense of humor comes through, man, across <laughs> in so many different areas. It's, it's hilarious. Sarcasm is like... <laughs> So my mentor uh, was a professor called Eli Kintz uh, from FIT, and he's an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with him. But the, my first class that I sat in an FIT tonight class was a foundation one. And he was hand cutting and doing layouts mm-hmm. with like hand type and just doing the layout, just paste up, right? Old school yeah. paste up. And my cousin was in the class with me and I turned around and I was like, he's going to be my mentor. And next thing I know, I was going to Harlem and working at a studio, just helping him get organized. Going through, he, he once say he graduated from Yale and was taught by uh, Paul Rand and you know all the top grades, yeah. right? How would I ever connect to those people if it wasn't true? Right. Right. So everybody I looked uh, looked up to gave gave him knowledge, and he gave me knowledge, and we became ultimately became friends. He still teaches at FIT. Um, he did write a book. His, his thesis was called Visual Puns and Design. And I took that to heart. And everything I kind of designed does have a, a little bit of my sarcasm, a little bit of my, sar- my sense of humor. Um, maybe not the final pieces for the producer because <laughs> that gets edited out by the time yeah. it gets there. But the thinking is there, right? Um, a little bit of, uh, you know, humor and lightness is always you know, great. And, you know, I think people connect to it, right? Especially these days, everybody's so serious. Typically, you hear, you know, a lot of comedy has anger behind it. And, you know, as I read through your about section, like, I get this, like, fun, like, I'm going to have a good time working with you. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and it may not connect with somebody looking at the site, right? They may think, oh, I'm not looking for a funny designer. But maybe you don't want to work with that person. <laughs> I'm not looking for an honest design because I feel like that yeah. that about section is less about being funny and more about being honest. So yeah. if you go on web design firms and you know they have their spiel about and they're like we're international, worldwide recognized, <laughs> award winning, you know, on and on and on. Yeah. And I kind of just replay that basically, right? 
But then in between the lines, <laughs> I wrote the truth. Right. Which is working companies basically just, you know, when I write the word we, I explain that the word we is, you know, used in, you know, in England, you know, as I, when you feel like being schizophrenic, you know, so you know, I, I just kind of just, I'm trying to be as honest with people as possible. And it's like, I don't really consider it working with people. Um, one of the reasons I don't particularly like doing full-time gigs, I do like longer term commitments because I like diving into big projects, but taking full-time jobs, you become an employer, not a partner. Mm -hmm. Right. And even uh, when you deal with clients, you're still an employee. You're not the client's right. partner. You're still the company's employee. But when I get hired as a freelancer, I become a, or a consultant or what I recently started terming um, design mercenary or creative <laughs> mercenary. You know, and there's a lot of killers out there. They just come and just bang out stuff. And I might not be the best one, but I, I definitely feel like I'm very consistent with the work that I produce. And um, I'm definitely open to being putting up dumb ideas, which I don't think are dumb at all. We just explore, you know, explore. Yeah. And if people, you know, which is what one of the things about posting work like play that I do when I originally started doing, I was posting every two weeks. You know, so oh. imagine, so you know what we have like fifty different projects <laughs> at this point. Um, no, that's every two weeks. I was basically on that schedule. Do something. Do something new. Something creative. Like the other day, I, put, I did. A, I was talking to a designer friend of mine who's an illustrator. It's not posted on there, but I posted on LinkedIn on Instagram, and I came up with this uh, name for a plant a plant based product called um, Pagazi, yeah, you know, which is an Italian <clears throat> spit. And I came and I, I learned, you know, so I texted <laughs> my my friend, uh, you know, can I get away with this? Where people are going to get upset? Can I call something Pagazi or my kind of appropriating culture? He's like, no, you're no, well, he's a talent, so you can tell me. So I kind of worked in, you know, worked up a logo. I'm going to do a package concept for it, but I had like a, you know, as I was talking to him, I worked out the concept. We we had like an hour conversation. I banged it out in an hour. So the gazy, and then it was like, you know, uh, uh, even you know, food that I, even a mother, you know, would you know would love, and they'd be like, forget about it. So it's stuck yeah. with the first three letters of fugazi. When does that idea hit? Like how does what, time. so so like that fugazi right like are you are you just having lunch and all of a sudden like this no I, I listen first of all I have a folder of projects just names and things that I I'm thinking about them or I want to do something like that or within that line I'm always have a sketchbook mm -hmm. next to me um, I'm all if my library of images forget about Pinterest I'm collecting imagery that I will use for mood boarding for clients, for stylistic approaches, because again, I don't have, I don't particularly feel like I have a style, but like things that I want to, you know, explore, um, you know, like a milk, a milk by cereal, you know, that's kind of like a, has a Japanese anime type of style. And my son, uh, who's 21 right now, right? <laughs> You know, but when he was younger, I was like, you would go for like three boxes of cereal, like, you know, in a week. And that's when you just eat cereal, like three bowls of cereal a day. And I was like, how do I visualize that <laughs> in the package? So like, the, I, there's a mood board at the end of that, which kind of, and then there's a picture of him. So if you look at the picture of him, and what's amazing, the truth that I found in that, is if you watch movies throughout the years, a lot, most murderers or serial killers, <laughs> right? Somehow are holding a glass of milk in every movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, it's that it's is crazy. Weird, but true. <laughs> like, there's a truth to it. Right. So I didn't like come up with that. It's like, uh, as I started combining these multiple ideas of serial killer, anime, pictures of my son, you know, calculating the right proportion. Yeah, he's, he's into math. So there's a part of it where he's calculating the proportions of milk. <laughs> The serial ratios, and you know, <laughs> That's was it, so, is it the best design? <laughs> Absolutely not. No, but it's, it's fun. A, it's you fun. Know. And it's an exploratory. And could you, would you not? Could I imagine taking that concept and building it out and growing it into something that's real? Absolutely. You know, why yeah. not? But that would be a real project at that point. Somebody wanted to say, and I own. You type in milk, milkbystereo.com, It's going to go to my website. You know, now some of, I, I buy some of those names. Yeah, of course. Amazingly, 
they're available still. So I'm, I'm really interested in naming things these days as well. So, so as a designer, you've got your work, which you're you know working with agencies, working with brands, and then you've got your play, which is your you know something hits you, you come up with it, or it comes out of your folder, you design it. But you also mentioned that some brands are actually reaching out to you and buying yeah. your design. So, can you tell me, is there anything on here that, yeah, that has been? So- the Good Dumpling Company, which actually ended up uh, winning, well, winning, it's not really winning, uh, one of the top 50 package designs of the year on packaging of the world, which made me cry for like five minutes because That's awesome. you don't pay for that, right? Mm-hmm. That's free. Uh, you, put, you, know, you send it to them, they decide to post it, and the interaction that people have with it, whether they click like or if they look at it, or if they share it, and that's been shared quite a bit, um, that's the result of how they kept it. The top 50 in the world, it blew my mind. You know, as far as designers, you know, what other designers think of it. So they bought the name, the Good Dumpling Company, they bought the Good Pimani Company, which was a Russian dumpling company here locally in Brooklyn. They bought the Good Ravioli Company. They're, they're, they're manufacturers. <laughs> they're going to do white label um, as well. And... Um, that particular design we're going to work on to finalize, but there's another package design that's a dumpling band that they hired me to do, which is um, homemade dumplings. Uh, and, you know, and, and I'm doing a bunch of other brand designs that designed their logo for their factory because they, they install, you know, factories all over the country. So it's a food, like food productions factories. Um, that's not up there yet. <laughs> sure. No, no. I'm, I'm still no. looking at the good dumpling. So, yeah, so, so you came up with the good dumpling. Yeah, how, I did that like how, how, so you, how long ago did you come up with this? Uh, probably like a year ago at this point. It was okay. probably March last year. Yeah. All right. And this was, you were, you know, something out of your folder, something out of your mind. You come up with good dumplings. You've got this logo. You got great, um, you know, line work happening here. Again, color, amazing. And the photography of the dumpling. Where did that? Did you did you shoot that? Did you have a photographer shoot that? No, that's just stock photography. Yeah, um, and I just photoshopped it into these old paintings. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, um, when the client decides to go because they can't, they, they realize that that's an upscale market, and they want to get into Whole Foods at some point. And um, you know, it needs to be worked out. And it's you know, I want to do it the real way. I don't want to like do renderings. I might sure. want to get a painter to do it, to do mm-hmm. photography, and then paint over to the photography. We'll figure it out at that point. Yeah. Uh, we, are, we did end up designing um, good dumplings for the local market for an organic food line, um, which also has illustration. And the, the main concept for good dumpling company is going to be the art of the dumpling. So it's always going to be some sort of different style sure. of art uh, per brand or uh, per yeah. product skew that they end up coming out with. Wow. And then, so you said that they bought the name Good Dumpling. Yeah. Do they buy that name from you? Yeah. Well, I, I came up with the name. Right. I didn't trademark it. And they, sure. You know, uh, they said that they were interested in it. Well, the, the bigger story of it is, is that a friend of mine, who you actually recently interviewed, Aaron, yeah. uh, had them approach him. He had done work for this company years ago. And during the meeting, we realized that um, I knew the owner of the company from when I was uh, in my 20s. And he was sitting there in a Zoom call, and I'm like, I know you. He was like, he's looking at me, yeah, I know you. I used to go to his restaurant. We were these like <laughs> super close friends. We just lost connections when I went away to school or went away to Chicago, Cincinnati, or some state that I was working at some point. So we had this moment of reconnecting, and he was asking us to possibly do a brand for them. Uh, local brand, the, 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 the heritage brand, and we were going to work on that. But I had this idea, and this wasn't, I, don't, I didn't consider it spec work. I just like got all jazzed up with doing dumplings. <laughs> you know, so I designed this, I sent it into packaging of the world. I didn't know how people were going to respond because it's definitely very different. You know, it's old school with modern colors com- combined together. With, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in there. Yeah. There's still a lot of stuff that needs to be figured out. Um, and I said, hey, dude, look, um, you kind of inspired me to do this brand. Um, and he calls me up and he said, well, me and my partners want to 
to buy that one. So that's that awesome. Was, that was so cool. I was like, I that was my this is my dream to come up with my own brands and possibly sell them or something. Right. So yeah, so I mean, like this is a whole new income stream, which is it crazy. Could be. I mean, if anybody's interested, they're open to looking at some of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Do something new, preferably. <laughs> but if you want something from there, absolutely. Listen, I've had a company, a big, big company mm-hmm. that I knew was looking at one of the concepts that I had done. I don't want to name call them out, sure, but. I knew they were looking at it for like four months on and off because you can see who's looking at that right. Minute, right? And then the product comes out and it's not the same logo. Sometimes it's just naming, right? Yeah. And I'm kind of, you know, it's kind of cool because they, uh, you know, they did end up using the name. They just spelled it a little bit differently than technically. But uh, I'm not going to give it away because I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> But, now, uh, now I'm looking through them, seeing like what came out that's similar. That's not I, I, I don't feel bad about it. I actually felt that it would have been great if they called me and asked me to just be part of the process. Yeah, of course. Uh, now, did they take the name or get inspired by it and somebody kind of develop something like me? That, that's open to interpretation. Yeah, but that's, that's fine. I mean, that's part of the process. I go on Pinterest, I go on design yeah. sites, and I get inspired by some other people's work. Um, this, yeah, see, one's very, this one was very specific. You're too, you're, you're too nice. You're too nice. You know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go after a mega company. I'm gonna get a lawyer. Right? No, no, but, no, but you're, too, you're too nice. I'm gonna work with them someday. What if they call yeah. me? No, for sure. Um, I mean, I, I'd, be not, I'd be knocking on the door, going, "Hey, this happened, but let's, you know, next project, just pull me in." That would have been great. I mean, I thought that, yeah. that if, if I inspired them. Right. If yeah. I inspired them, if I was up under a wall, you know, at minimum, just give me a call, give me a few hours to put in some other concepts for it. Yeah. I know I could probably do a good job too. <laughs> That's killer, man. So I know we're, we're wrapping up here. You got a hard stop here in a couple of minutes. I just want to hit on the dumpling thing because I think, you know, a lot of times designers still create stuff on their own, which is awesome. Um, a lot of times designers just don't, you know, they don't play enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like what you did. I, I think what you did is really important where you, you know, you, you came up with this, you were inspired by something, you designed it, and then you shared it. I think sharing is critical. Yeah. You know, you yeah. shared it to the packaging of the world. People see it, you get feedback. Um, and then, I mean, amazingly, it, it turned into to something much bigger. Right. I mean, ultimately, that's not what I was thinking that I was doing. Of course. Um, I was, I literally started doing this. It was like, how much TV can we possibly watch? Right. So I would be like, one project a week, I was like, at least I would be learning a new skill. If I didn't know, if I didn't work with certain colors or styles before, let me try to do something new with this one. But um, you're opening your, yourself up to the world at that point, right? And you have to be comfortable enough to get the negative with the good. I do mm-hmm. get, not all my designs click with people. I do get, you know, people saying, oh, why are you using these fonts? There's too many fonts. Like, because I didn't use, I didn't do that before. I was trying to do something. <laughs> you know, like, maybe I was, and then they, they take it so seriously, you know, like, yeah. um, the, the design police. Like, Come on, give me a break. I did it in two hours. A lot of the times I don't even, I give myself a, a real deadline of like, I'm not going to work on this more than five hours. And with mistakes or no mistakes, I will post that concept. That's awesome. Just as it is. And, Regret or no regret, I might take it down, you know, later. But I will post it and suffer the, you know, the consequences. And you know, and that happens when you're in a design studio as well. You put that stuff up on the wall, and people, you know, designers are shit talkers. <laughs> you know, we come from a place where you just like you just get abused for the yeah. fun of it, right? And that's fine, right? So you get, get back to something like that, right? Because you know, the Zoom calls, everybody is so like robots. You know, yeah. we've got 30 minutes to have a conversation. <laughs> um, put stuff up on the wall that people critique you, that people feel like they, you know, they're participating in the creative process. Uh, 100%. Uh, I might take some of that feedback and put it back into the design later. Um, somebody, I tell students to do it all the time. Go to that extra mile. Don't just wait till somebody hands you something. Like, come on, go, especially now. How long are you going to wait? Yeah. So the world gets back to normal. Come on. <laughs> 
You know, it's like, just do it. This is what your passion should be. Either you should be in this industry or you shouldn't be in this industry. And if you're going to be in this industry, you're going to have to love it because all you do is take abuse, whether it's from clients, art directors, creative directors, consumers, lawyers. Um, everybody's got an opinion. Wives yeah. of the owners of CEO. You're gonna sure. have yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I always, I always go in and, you know, when you're sitting across from somebody or even on Zoom, but mo- usually when you're sitting across from them, you can read their body and you can tell yeah. they want to give you, they want to critique you, but they don't want to be rude. Right. right. But you have to open it up. How, yeah. how, how, how are you going to know? Yeah. They're yeah. going to call you. That's how you find out. They're going to call yeah. you back. You know, yeah. or, or we're going to go with somebody else. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I, no. Anytime I'm showing something, I always go, look, you're going to, you might hate everything about this right. or, you know, you might love it. Let's, let's talk about it and just try to give them, you know, open that door for them to just be honest. Um, because, yeah, nothing, nothing worse than them just not calling you back, you know, because they don't That's want to be rude. That's the whole point. It's art. You have to be honest about it. It's an emotional connection. We're emotional people when we do it. And a lot of times we get angry from bad critiques, but that makes us work harder. And I don't even want to work when I, when I come into a, a meeting or a, pit, you know, a design review, I want to work with other designers. That are better than me. That way, I work hard, you know, or give feedback that I can build up the design. You know, ultimately, we're a team, and we only have one. One thing ends up winning, right? One yeah. of the designs will go up, hopefully, up on a show, and we did it together. And whether you just said maybe that should be white or that should be blue, <laughs> that might have influenced the whole stream of consciousness that took off. Hundred percent. You were yeah. you were part of that process. Yeah. Everybody should get credit. I love that, man. That's awesome. Gene, I know you got to go. Listen, if anybody wants to reach out to you, it's workincompany.com. Yeah, www.workandcompanyspell.com. Or, uh, or, or milkbycereal.com. Or milkbycereal.com. <laughs> or fruitlyco.com. Um, you know, I think there's a couple of others. This is killer. I think everybody should go to workingcompany.com, look at the play section. And if you're thinking of hiring, Gene, you might just find your brand already living on here and just buy it, you know. <laughs> I appreciate that. This is That's a whole cute. new a whole new business, man. I think this is really, really cool. Thank you. Uh thank you for this interview. I, I really enjoyed it. This is one of my first ones. So I feel great. Uh, I was I was I felt uncomfortable starting it, but you made me feel really comfortable doing it. So thanks a lot. Uh, cool, man. No, awesome. I am a huge I'm a huge Gene fan now. This is oh. like super cool. So let's definitely right. stay in, let's stay in touch. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, what I will do is I will follow up with um, if if I can get a, a headshot from you, yeah. and then if it's okay for if it's okay for me to use the work in your play section, in Any of the work in the play section absolutely. in the in the promo. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. I'll try to get this up here in the next week. Wait, um, I'll share as much as I possibly can. Awesome. I appreciate it. Looking right. forward to seeing Fugazi. Right. Thanks. <laughs> See you, Check out Spec the number one platform for specification management. Not sure what board your box uses? Not sure how many colors or how much headspace your packaging requires? If you don't spec right, you'll guess wrong. SpecRight.com. That's it for the show. Thanks so much for joining us on Package Design Unboxed. If you have any questions, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm always available for questions. Once again, check us out at PackageDesignUnboxed.com. Unboxed.com. <laughs>